0: You have your Bibles today, go to the book of Second Peter. I'm gonna preach what may seem like an unusual message to preach around Christmas, but I've been wanting to preach this message for a long time on this particular week because there is a big event that's supposed to be coming up, I believe Friday or Saturday. Does anybody know what's supposed to happen Friday or Saturday? End of the world! The world is supposed to end Friday or Saturday. And you know, there's some people that, that believe in that. I'm just going to right off the bat tell you I don't think the world's going to end this week. All right? I'm, I'm pretty certain it's not going to end. Um, one, the only thing I am worried about is maybe some nutcases out there doing what they can to try to bring it about. You never know. These days, uh, my... With, uh, terrorists and things out there and just some of the crazy people in our own country. But, uh, you know, based on Bible prophecy and some events that have yet to unfold, I can tell you with strong certainty that the world's probably not gonna end. I think we're all gonna be able to enjoy Christmas this year. And, um, you know, if the world is, if the world does end and I'm wrong, uh, you won't be able to tell me because we won't be able to be here next week, so I won't have to worry about, <laughs> worry about it. But! I think a good thing that we ought to think about right now, and I think this is kind of maybe an appropriate time because of this, and I just want to think what if it was the end of the world this Friday. What if they were right and the world ended? If Friday comes around and all of a sudden all these horrible catastrophes start happening and it's clear that the world is about to end, what would what would you do? You may be thinking, you know, why? You know, I understand it's you know December twenty first is coming up, and that's supposed to be the end of the Mayan calendar and everything. But why would you, you know? What does that have to do with Christmas? Well, actually, it kind of has. When you stop and think about it, it has everything to do with Christmas. In the Christmas story, you may remember when those angels, that multitude of the heavenly hosts, they were there, uh, and the shepherds they saw them, and those angels said to the shepherds. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. We celebrate Christmas because that was the birth of our Savior. Well, Savior from what? Well, one of the things that really the main thing that He's a Savior of is He's the Savior of our sins. Our because of our sin, we deserve punishment. We deserve. We're you know people. Uh, they don't understand how bad our sin is. I mean, all of us. The Bible says our righteousness is as is a, is a filthy rag. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Our sin is serious. It's not something that we ought to take lightly. It's not something uh, it's something that we were all born in, but it doesn't make it okay. Yeah, you're a sinner, I'm a sinner, we're all sinners, so let's all feel good about it, and no, that's not what we're supposed to do. Jesus Christ had to die on a cross to pay for our sins. So He was the Savior of our sins. We have the hope of eternal life. But also, there is, besides that uh, eternal punishment for our sin, there is clearly, in the Bible, we see that there is Armageddon coming. That there is an apocalypse that's going to come. There is an end of the world that's going to come eventually. And we're not going to get into all the Bible prophecy and everything, but based on it... I. I said it's safe to tell you it's not going to be this week. But I, but one thing that we see in the Bible is that God wants us as Christians. He told us that we need to always be ready for that day. We're always supposed to be ready for the end of the world. And I'm here today to tell you that if the world were going to end this week, okay, I don't want it to. I would be, but I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for it. And I'm going to tell you today how you can prepare for the end of the world. But 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, we're going to read a little bit about the end of the world. It calls it the day of the Lord. It says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. A thief, they don't tell you when they're going to stop by. They come when you least expect it. That's probably and right there is good evidence for why it probably won't be this week. Too many people are expecting it. And the thief, they come when nobody's expecting it. It says it will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. We see in the Bible that when this world is, that someday this world is going to be destroyed, and it's going to be destroyed by fire. I mean, talk about global warming. It's going to be, it's coming. Uh, It might not be like they're saying and because of what they're saying, but it's coming because of our sin, not because of all that, you know, Al Gore stuff. If you're into that, you know, that's fine. Uh, But the Bible says someday this earth is going to be destroyed by fire. The day of the Lord, it's coming. The elements will melt with the fervent heat. It's going to happen someday. This world is going to end. The last day is going to be here. And so, what do we need to do? Well, what can I do to prepare? Of course, whenever there's, I've seen, maybe you've seen some of the programs and things about the doomsday preparers and people. They've got these things all prepared. Well, you know, we can get some good ideas from them. So, we're just going to pretend that the world is going to be ending this week. What do we need to do? What should we do? And the truth is, the things that we're going to talk about are things that God told them 2,000 years ago to do. We are always supposed to be ready for the end of the world. So how do we do it? Well, the first thing we need to do is lay up some treasures. Think, well, how are we going to do it, you know? I'm not, now I'm not talking about stocking up on money. I'm not telling you all make sure Thursday you all go to the bank and withdraw every dollar you have. Get every dollar you have out of the stock market because it's going to crash. I'm not telling you that. But hey, if the end of the world's coming, and it is coming eventually, you need to lay up some treasures. We need to be prepared for that. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, I want you to notice what it says. This is Jesus talking here. And He says, lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth. It says, "But or it says where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal." We see in the Bible that everything that's on this earth eventually it's going to burn. It's all going to burn one of these days. I'm all for having things. I, I like I like stuff just as much as anybody. I go shopping and I I look at all the cool things and you know you try to figure out how you can get stuff. But you know what? That stuff is going to burn one of these days. It's all going to go away. You've heard the saying, and it's true. You can't take it with you. I the the things that are on this earth as much fun as they can be. Sometimes you can't take it with you. That car that you had. I mean, it was your it was your dream car. Someday it's going to rust out rust is going to corrupt it. It's going to end up in a junkyard. You go out to a junkyard and you look at all that stuff out there that nobody cares about. Those things they were somebody's dream one time. They spent their treasures on those things. Now they're in a junkyard. The things we have in this earth, they're only temporary. And you can lay up treasures on this earth, but I mean, boy, well, we can use those things up fast. And we're not guaranteed they're going to be here tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen, but one thing that we do know is that the treasures that we lay up in heaven, they're eternal. Moth and rust do not corrupt them. Thieves cannot break through and steal those things. I might be able to have some nice things, but somebody could come along and take those things from me. Maybe I could lay up money, but it could be stolen. Somebody could rob the bank. Or more likely, the IRS could get it. Uh, you know, they're more likely to steal from you than probably anybody else. But I mean, you never know on this earth. But the things in heaven—they're eternal. And so, you know what? If the end of the world's going to come, that doesn't mean it's the end of us. We talked about that this morning. We talked about heaven this morning. We talked about hell last week. We see in the Bible, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We have an eternal destination, a place called heaven, where we can lay up treasures that we can enjoy for all eternity. I mean, that can never go away. So you know what? Let's prepare for the end of the world. Let's start laying up some treasures. Let's start preparing the heavenly treasures, the treasures of this earth. They're gonna burn. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. I want to read a few verses here. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 says, For other foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so is by fire. Know ye not that uh, ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Our, the treasures on this earth or our works that we do. The labor that we do. Someday they're going to be tried. They're going to go through a fire. And a lot of what we do, it's going to burn up. It's Bible says it's wood. Hey, it's stubble. But you know what? There are some things that can make it through a fire. There are some things that can survive a fire. I tell you, one of those things that can survive a fire, the most precious jewels that we have, are people like our families, our kids. That's why we want to make sure we. That's why I want to make sure my kids get the gospel. I want them to receive that gift of salvation. I want. I want them to have that. I want them to be able to spend eternity with me in heaven. That's why I want to tell other people. The Apostle Paul. He said, ye are our crown of rejoicing. You are our crown of rejoicing. The people that we've uh, we've told you about Christ and you've accepted that gift of salvation, you're going to be in heaven with us for all of eternity. And you are our crown of rejoicing. You're what brings joy. And I tell you, there's nothing more exciting than when you see people give their heart to Christ. And you know that while I'll only be with them on earth temporarily, I'll be with them in heaven for all eternity. And you know what? Nobody can take that away from you. Satan himself can't take that away. So we need to lay up treasures if the end of the world's coming. Another thing we need to do if the end of the world's coming, it's important, stock up on ammo. Huh? <laughs> stock, what, are you, what are you talking about? Stock up on ammo. What do you mean by that? Well, if the, if the end of the world's coming, uh, you know, bullets and things like that Aren't going to help a whole lot, but when I talk about stocking up on ammo, Second uh, Corinthians chapter ten might help you understand a little bit of what I'm talking about. Second Corinthians chapter ten, verse three says, "For we, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh." Right now, we're all here. We're we're all in the flesh. Okay, the things that we worry about a lot of times are fleshly things, like the end, like the end of the world. But then verse four it says, "For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Carnal—that's fleshly, okay? That's physical. That's the things we can see. Our weapons aren't carnal. Our weapons are spiritual." It says, "Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience." Of Christ. So our weapons are spiritual. Well, we need to be we need to have some of those. We need to prepare for some of those. How do we stock up on ammo? Well, we see in this verse that we've got to simply put keep the commandments of God. That's where the power is at. That's where the strength that the Bible it refers to God's word. This Bible, it calls it the sword of the Spirit. It's quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. When you do the commandments of God, when you learn the commandments and you follow them, you're preparing yourself for that final day when Christ returns. God wants us to be ready. All of us in here, there are certain things that we would change maybe if you knew that somebody was coming into your house. Like right now, some of your houses, uh, they might not be in the best condition. They might be a little messy. You're not expecting anybody to show up. But what, what happens a lot of times when you know somebody's coming, you clean up, don't you? you? You clean everything up. You want everything to look just right. You want to uh, you want to make sure you impress whoever when they show up. And you know God told us on on our lives He wants us to keep our lives clean. God and He didn't tell us when He's coming. It's gonna it could be at any time and he wants us to always be ready. And the truth is, if the world knew that Jesus Christ was gonna come, let's say I mean if we knew that it was gonna be this week, everybody's gonna be straightening up their act all of a sudden. Now everybody's gonna be acting real good. Everybody's gonna be behaving. We've seen that with our kids. We'll be on a trip and they're in the car and they're being bad and they're just driving you crazy, and they know they know they're probably gonna get in trouble. But it's like and they'll be bad on the whole trip. But about 10-15 minutes before you get home, all of a sudden they're real good. You know why? Because they know, hey, the time to be dealt with is coming. Very, It's it's almost here. And so I need to clean up my act and maybe they'll forget all about it. I with God, we don't know when He's returning. And He's told us to be ready. And when we follow the commandments, when we do the things He says, that helps protect us from the enemy. That's what protects us from Satan when we keep His commandments. When Jesus Christ was being tempted in the wilderness for 40 days, Satan came along and he's trying to get Jesus Christ to sin. And Satan would throw these things at him. He would would tempt Christ. And Jesus would always respond to him with Scripture. And Jesus would follow that Scripture. And finally, the devil, he left him. The devil had to leave. He couldn't couldn't handle the power of Of the Word of God. And that's why it's important that we know the Scriptures because there's going to be difficult days that are going to come up. There's going to be hard times that are going to come on us and we need to be able to, we need to know what the Scripture says if we're going to follow it. That's how we defeat the enemy. That's how we can defeat evil. The Bible says, be not overcome of evil, but rather overcome evil with good. Well, how do we know what good is? We know by what the Word of God says. It's by what the Bible says. And so if we're going to be able to win this battle, if we're going to be able to win this fight, this coming, we've got to know the Scripture. And the truth is, like I said, the end of the world, I don't think it's this week, but it is coming. We're reminded of it every day by how wicked this world is getting. The reason this world is going to burn. Like I said, it's not because of global warming. It's because of our sin. We have a holy and a righteous and a just God, and all this evil that has gone on on this planet since the beginning of time, it has to be dealt with. And He's going to deal with it. And it's going to happen all in a short time. And thank God He hasn't appointed us to wrath. If you've been saved by the grace of God, He hasn't appointed you to wrath. And the truth is, God doesn't want any to perish. You think, you know, why is the Lord waiting so long? It says in that passage in Second Peter, if you read on, that the Lord is long suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God's given us more time because He's given us chance after chance to repent and to get things right because that day is coming. So, more and more, it seems like things just, you know, like this shooting that we just experienced. I mean, just horrible. I mean, unimaginable evil seems to be showing up all the time. And we think, how can this happen? I'm sorry, but it's a reflection on our culture. we, are, Our society and our, our nation, we're becoming more and more godless, more and more immoral all the time. And we wonder why all these horrible things happen. We're teaching our kids that they came from animals, that they evolved from a monkey. They're nothing more than just a highly evolved animal. Why wouldn't they treat each other like animals? They don't, they're not taught that we have An eternal, never-dying soul. We're not taught that they're supposed to love one another. They're not taught. They can't put it up. They can't hang it up that you're supposed to love your enemies. It's offensive to hang up the Ten Commandments in a courthouse that says, thou shalt not kill. That's offensive. That's promoting religion. That's just promoting basic decency. But people don't want any kind of law. And we wonder why these things are happening. And it's getting worse and worse, and it's these kind of things are going to continue to happen until the Lord comes. And what all we can do is we can stock up on ammo and follow the Word of God when you and keep His commandments. If you keep His commandments, you won't be doing those things. If you keep His commandments, you're not going to be killing other people. And uh, that's all we can do. And also another thing that we need to do: if the end of the world's coming. We need to round up our family and friends. We need we need to, we need to get them all together. Like, how can we do that? I got family they live in other states, other parts of the country. How can I do that? I'm not talking about getting them all in one physical location. But I can make sure that we're all going to end up in the same place. You know, if there I you know, I maybe I'm a little twisted, but you know, I like watching disaster movies sometimes, and you always see all these people, you know, they're running from the end of the world and trying to, you know, you know, survive Armageddon or whatever. And one of the biggest conflicts you see in those movies is everybody trying to find their family. That's the biggest thing. They're worried about their family. Hey, you know what, what's happened to my? You know, well, where's my wife? Where's my kids? They want to. They want to be with their family because if they're going to die, they want to die together. And that's the biggest thing in there is the worry and concern about family. They want to be together. And the truth is that day is going to come. And you know, one thing I can do is I can make sure that. I tell my kids about Jesus Christ. I can tell them that He's the Savior. That if they'll trust in Him and ask Him to forgive them of their sins, that He'll forgive them of their sins. He'll save their soul. And when that, if something happens, we do die, we will someday be together again. We have that hope. I thank God for that hope. I, I, I'm so thankful that I, I've been to many funerals of people that I that I care about, people that I loved, and I, I'm so thankful that I can know I'm going to see that person again. That person gave their heart to Christ. I've given my heart to Christ. We're going to be together someday. And you know, I, you can't protect your kids from every little thing. I've got I've got five kids, and they're always getting into some kind of mess. They're always getting into some kind of trouble. Allie just chipped her tooth real bad yesterday. The other day, Chloe knocked out two of her teeth. We're thinking about making our kids wear helmets everywhere they go, but you can't do that, can you? You can't protect people from everything. You just you can't do it. You you know it's like you know you get scared of sicknesses and people. They want to live in these bubbles and things. You you can't do that. And but and we don't need to sit around worrying about it. But one thing that we I, I know because there's so many there's so many ways you can die. They've got that TV show like a thousand ways to die. I mean, it makes like like we're all doomed. We're all gonna we're all gonna die something, and we are. But one thing that we can prepare for and make sure that when that day comes, and I hope it doesn't... I'd hate to outlive any of my kids. I would hate that. But... One thing I can, and if that happens, there's nothing I can do to stop it. But one thing I can do is I can make sure my kids know about Christ. I can round up my family. I can round up my friends and let them know about the Savior. They need to see the need for salvation. It's, it's, not, it's not as easy as you think. Some people don't think they need saving. Some people think they're fine. There's probably people right now. They're looking at all of us like, why aren't these people preparing for the end of the world? The Mayans saw it coming, you know, five thousand years ago or whatever. I mean, it's coming. It's going to happen. Why aren't these people doing anything? We don't. We're not. We don't think we need saving right now, do we? Uh, I mean, unless some of you in secret, you know, you're panicking. You've been doing all these things uh, uh, that I've been talking about, but and not in the spiritual sense. But that's how people are these days when it comes to salvation. I'm fine. Um, They're not worried about. That eternal penalty—they're not worried about eternity. People need—we need to show people they're a sinner. Oh well, that we'll look harsh and judgmental. No, we're all sinners. Okay, but just because you call somebody a sinner doesn't mean you're being mean to them. Okay, it's—it's true. We're all sinners. People need to see that. They—they need to understand there's a penalty for sin, and they need to make make sure you tell them who can save them. It's like, yeah, you're a sinner. Not picking on you for it. We're all sinners. But you need to understand there's a penalty for that sin. And make sure you let them know there's somebody that can fix that problem. There's somebody that can save you from your sin. And there's somebody that can change your life. And you can go to heaven, round up your family and friends. And then, after you get them all together, make sure you find a good bunker where you can keep them safe. Have you ever seen some of those videos? They've got some pretty amazing underground. Bunkers and things, places that can protect from, you know, massive waves, fires, nuclear bombs. I mean, they're safe from everything in those things. They got food and everything in there. I mean, boy, those places just look great. And you know, I'm not planning on making any trips to any of those places. One, I don't have enough money for them to let me in. But two, I'm not real worried about that. But I would challenge you to get your family into a bunker and keep them there. Like, what are you talking about? Well. When we talk about bunkers, it's, it's just a place that's safe. It's a place uh, that, that can protect you from things. And I believe one of the best bunkers you can get your family in is the church. The house of God. There's spiritual food here. We've got some groceries downstairs. You know, that physical food. And that's fine. But you know, more importantly, we have spiritual food here. We, tell you, we, can, we can offer you and tell you about the bread of life. We can tell you about the water of life here. There's spiritual food here. There's shelter from danger here. Listen, when you, are, when you follow the will of God, when you're in the will of God, there's protection there that God gives. You may remember the story of Job in the Bible. Satan was wanting to get at Job. And Satan, you know, he was always, he's always going and accusing God, the brethren, telling them about the bad things. And God mentioned Job to Satan. Job's like, yeah, Satan's a good guy. But he said, you put a hedge around him. Satan was telling God, the reason Job's such a good guy is I can't get at him. And so you know what? God allowed Satan access to Job. And Satan ran Job through the ringer. But you know what? Job stayed faithful to God. And one thing that we see there is the only way that the devil can get at you is if you step outside of that hedge, you get out of the will of God, or if God allows him access while you're inside that hedge. But let me tell you something, if God allows access, He'll give you the strength to get through it. He'll give you the strength to defeat him. And let me tell you, Job defeated Satan big time. Because he stayed in that hedge. He stayed in that place of safety. Even his wife kept telling him, just curse God and die. And he wouldn't do it. He retained his integrity. And today there's shelter here. I, I like having my kids around God's people. I like for them to hear the preaching of the Word of God. I like them to be a part of those things. There's safety here. Because this is uh, this is where God will do, doesn't work. This is where God speaks to hearts. Many of the big decisions I've made in my life, some of the most important decisions I made, I made in the house of God. It happened at church. One of some of the best lessons I've learned. I learned them at church. That protected me from some horrible things that are out there. And listen, there's you got to go outside. We can't. We can't all live here. We got to live in this world. We got to live among this world. But we have a place. It's a refuge, a retreat, a place of safety in the house of God. And that's why church is so important. That's why Jesus said, "Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more." As you see the day approaching, as it gets closer, as things get worse in this world, God said, You need to be in church even more. Not less, even more. We don't know when this end of the world's coming. So we've got to live every day like it could be the last. Matthew, Mark chapter thirteen. Mark chapter thirteen. I'm going to close with this. There was a young boy one time, it was Getting close to Christmas, and he wanted a he wanted a watch for Christmas. I mean, he wanted a watch so bad. He kept bugging his parents. So you guys got to give me that watch. You guys got to give me that watch. And they got so sick of hearing him talk about that watch, they finally told him, say so if we hear you mention that watch one more time, you're not getting it." Period. We're not. In fact, we're not getting. It. We're, we're tired. But we're not giving you that watch. And one night they were sitting around having family devotions, and. They would take turns reading scriptures, and he read this scripture. Mark chapter 13, verse 32. But at the day and that hour knoweth no man, know not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Maybe God should have put in there, neither do the Mayans. But anyway. Take ye heed, watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants and every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye you know not when the master of the house cometh at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. This was the verse he read. And what I say unto you, I say unto you all, watch. <laughs> and I say that as a reminder. I remember I heard that story, and I've always remembered that verse. But we all need to remember this verse. Because this is what Jesus said to do. That day and that hour, nobody knows when it's going to be. Nobody knows. But he told us to always watch, always watch. Be and the way that we watch, we be right. We do his will. He's given us some commands. He's given us some instructions to follow. Let's just keep doing it. There are some preachers out there. They're so convinced that the end of the world is almost upon us. They're like basically changing all the rules and telling, "All right, we need to start doing this different, do that different." No, we need to be doing exactly what they were doing in the Book of Acts. We do that until he comes. That's how we watch. Be ready. That's how we prepare for the end of the world. We're supposed to just keep on keep doing what we're supposed to be doing as Christians. Nothing nothing has changed. Nothing is going to change until Jesus Christ comes. So let's stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed.